This podcast is supported by Lost Fans Unite, the best place on Facebook to connect with other Lost fans, to share memories, to remember and to let go. If you want to be part of this active and fun community, search Lost Fans Unite on Facebook and request to join the group. Hello, welcome back to Lost and Drunk. Uh, we have another very special interview this week. We are speaking to Neil Hopkins, who of course played Charlie's brother, Liam Pace. How are you doing, Neil? Great, how are you? Yeah, very good. I, I've just finished work, so it's been a bit of a rush to get to get everything together. But yeah, very excited to, uh, to have a chat with you. Uh, how's, the, how's the weather where you are? Gorgeous. Yeah? It's gorgeous, yeah. About 70, like 70, 73 degrees and sunny. What are you gonna What are you gonna complain oh. about? <laughs> it's so cold here at the moment. We're just waiting for snow. We had like horrible hail today, and uh, yeah, it's just we, we just. I think we used to get snow like really early in January, and then the snow just goes further and further through the year. So we're waiting for that cold snap to hit us. Where do you Where do you live? What city? I live in Bristol, which is in like the southwest of England. Uh huh. My sister lives in uh, London. So, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I get updates about how terrible the weather is. <laughs> it's very, very similar weather to London, to be honest, because apart from we've got like, I suppose London has a bit of like land cover, if that makes sense. It's sort of like in 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 inland quite a bit. But where, where we are, we're uh, basically quite close to the um, uh, to one of the channels. So there's a lot of like wind and bad weather that comes in that way. But yeah, it's... um. I was saying this when I spoke to um, Andrea Gabriel, who of course plays Nadia a few weeks ago. Um, it's such a British thing for me to have done is sort of start off by talking about the weather. Yeah, I think it's just a human thing. It's a human thing. Okay, that makes me feel less stereotypical then, I suppose. It's, uh, it's called small talk. small talk. Yeah, that's very true, very true. <laughs> right, well, um, what I'll, I'll probably do is uh, just introduce the podcast, I suppose, give you just a lowdown of what we do, what, what we're about, and also... And um, for anyone who hasn't listened to this, epi- uh, listened to us before this episode, just give them, you know, a taste of what's going on. So basically, I've seen Lost several times. Um, uh, last summer, I was hanging out with one of my friends who I go to university with, and uh, he'd never seen the show before. He's he's twenty one, so he's grown up on like a completely different uh, landscape of TV. And um, yeah. he he'd heard of Lost, and he knew like it was set on an island and stuff. But apart from that, he had no idea what it was about. So I was sort of trying to get him to watch it, but uh, at the same time, he because he he'd grown up on that different landscape of TV. He's used to shorter seasons, like you know the the Breaking Bad's and the he's really I haven't seen it, but he's really into Mr. Robot, and I know that's like ten episodes a season. So to try and get him to watch a show that was 121 episodes, I was like, it just wasn't going to happen. So I was hanging out with him and we ended up uh, getting drunk one evening. um, And I convinced him to let me show him the first four episodes. Uh, And after that, he was like, yeah, yeah, let's watch this. But also let's do a podcast where we continue to get drunk while we watch it. And you basically give me the lowdown of what's going on as it happens. And we record it and put it out. So that's that's essentially what we, we do in our podcast here. Oh, that's funny. Um, and also at the same time, like because we're discussing, obviously, like we've only gotten up to uh, the the end of the first season in our watch at the moment. But obviously, uh, episodes that you you were in occur during and beyond that. So for anyone else who is listening who hasn't watched the entire show, there will be spoilers for the 
for the whole series. But uh, yeah, let's uh, get to our first question if you're ready. Yeah, go ahead. So I'm going straight back to the beginning, more or less. Uh, what drew you towards acting as a career? Oh, well, I don't know. I was always kind of, uh, I was, uh, you know, I was, I was really into comedy. I was really obsessed with comedy. Uh, mm -hmm. I was like a, a teenager, early teen. My, my older brother was really funny and, uh, I come from a pretty funny family. And, um, so I always wanted to be funny and I, I loved making people laugh and I loved comedy and I used to watch, Saturday Night Live when I was really little and I used to love it and I uh, would memorize the sketches and I would like type them out and I would I was really obsessive wow. about how comedy how they did it how the structure yeah. of a joke worked and all that kind of stuff and uh, the irony is that I, I ended up uh, doing mostly dramas <laughs> <laughs> I do I play a lot of serious uh, I'm in a lot of serious stuff mm -hmm. um, which is pretty funny. So I, I make a lot of my own stuff, uh, comedically. Like I make a lot of short films and, uh -huh. and write stuff that's comedy because I don't get cast in a lot of comedies. You know, it's, uh, it's, I don't know, for whatever reason, I've just, uh, I've never been good at the audition process of like a sitcom, but I got into act performing, I guess, through that. And then I got into acting in high school and, um, started doing plays when I was a sophomore. I quit mm -hmm. the swim team. I decided not to do the swim team again in the spring and I did the spring play and, and I had a lot more fun than the swim team. And, uh, <laughs> it was, I went to an all boys high school and there were girls from other schools that would come and audition for our play. So it was like the coolest after school activity I could think of. You got to uh, okay. hang out with cute girls and you got to party on the weekends with your castmates. And it was, it was really just like, and then you got to act and you got to, yeah, Form. I did a lot of musicals because that's usually what you do in high school, and, and I'm a singer, and, and uh, I uh, got into it that way through my, my interest in performing. I guess came through comedy, and then my interest in, or, you know, my my sort of entree into acting came through doing musicals, which is the case I think with a lot of people. Um, yeah, who's I mean, theater like it, it's sort of just. It seems to be a, the thing I hear quite a lot. Theater is like the first thing that people do when they're acting because it's. I guess it's like the most accessible. Like there's a lot of uh, small theaters around that you know need actors and stuff, and that's sort of like the the baseline of uh, of an actor's career. Yeah, I think a lot of a lot of people start when they're young, and you know, television is pretty hard to break into, um, mm -hmm. or at least it, it can be. I guess there are exceptions, but yeah, a lot of people break into it through doing high school theater, um, you know, extra extracurricular type stuff. And, uh, and which is great, which is a lot of fun. And, and, uh, and then only the crazy people like me go on to pursue it as a career. <laughs> so uh, what sort of uh, musicals did you enjoy performing? Like any that I might know about? Uh, we did Evita, we did City mm -hmm. of Angels. We did Guys and Dolls. In college, I did Guys and Dolls, and I did uh, My Fair Lady, you know, like the standard, you know, yeah. Learner in Love, Rodgers and Hammerstein, uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber, all that kind of stuff. The classics, um, basically. Um, and, yeah, and then uh, and then I did, um, oh, Little Shop of Horrors I did in, in high school, and mm -hmm. I loved yeah, I love doing musicals because I love singing, and I love, uh, you know, I guess it depends on the musical, but um, I'm pretty yeah. picky when to musicals because i don't love seeing musicals unless like they're really good because uh, yeah. there's quite a quite a few bad ones out there but um yeah i i just uh, those were the ones i did and then 
in college, I kind of moved away from musicals because I got more quote unquote serious about it. And I started majoring in theater and they didn't really do musicals. It was, it was all about Brecht and Chekhov and, you know, Shakespeare and everything like that. So, Uh um, uh, I didn't get back into doing musicals again until I was in graduate school. I studied theater in graduate school after college, and uh, we did some musicals there, but not many. It, it, musicals sort of fall away as you get, I guess, more serious with acting, unless you focus on musical theater. But yeah. I wonder what that is. I I just think that I don't know why it is. I guess because uh, a lot of people, not every actor can sing, for starters, mm. you know. So there's a there's quite a few actors, especially in TV, that that don't have a background of singing and can't sing, mm-hmm. and they got into it through doing you know straight theater, straight plays. By straight, I just mean musical, non non musical. Yeah, so yeah. I, I don't know why that is, but, um, you know, there's a lot to study when you're in grad school, you know, there's a lot of technique, you know, we would have singing class and stuff like that, but I always wish we could have done more musicals cause there's just fun. There's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. It seems and, like a lot of fun. Yeah, it is. And, uh, I, I still like, I still enjoy if I'm going to take my kids to a show, it's going to be a musical, you know, just yeah. because keeps their, it keeps them entertained and it, and it's, uh, you know, they, they remember the play because they remember the music. Yeah, for sure. Have you seen anything uh, interesting recently? Uh, yeah, we saw, um, God, what was, I was, uh, my wife and I were in New York over, uh, Thanksgiving and we saw, uh, what the hell was it called? It was, um, God, I'm forgetting the name of it. It was a Broadway play, uh, Hades town. That's what it was called. Hades town. Okay. And, uh, it's probably playing in London too, but, um, it's, uh, it was a really interesting musical. Um, it was based on the, the Greek myth of Orpheus, but it was set in like, you know, uh, Dixieland, uh, New Orleans, uh, type scape. It was, it was very interesting. It was really cool. And I saw Hamilton, you know, that was probably the last musical I saw before that, which I loved. And I love the music from Hamilton. Um, but I don't see a lot, a lot of musicals. I don't see a lot of theater in general, but yeah. yeah. Um, I love seeing a good musical. Have you um have you seen the Book of Mormon by chance? Oh yeah, I saw that a few years ago. I thought yeah. it was pretty fantastic. Yeah, me yeah. and me and my partner went to see it this week. It's actually in in, uh, in our city at the moment. So I I'd seen it like you. I saw it a few years ago when it first um when it first opened in London, which was like seven or eight years ago. And um it, yeah, it's been touring so uh, around the country. So me and my friend went about a month ago, and my my partner's never seen South Park properly before. But um, oh yeah. So I, I showed her a couple of episodes and like when she sh- sort of started, she was quite shocked because she didn't realize how offensive it was. But uh, once we started watching a bit more of it, I said, look, we've got to go and see the Book of Mormon because it's only going to be in town for like a month or whatever. And then it's going to be gone again and you don't know when you're going to see it. So, yeah, we went, went to that again this week. And I think that was my third time. And I think that was the best time I saw it. The most I enjoyed it, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, we we well, I was we were in uh, Chris, uh, for Christmas like probably like eight years ago. I think my wife and I were in um, New York City, and because my parents actually lived there, and, and we had tickets to see the Book of Mormon. And my kids both got sick with a stomach flu, and one of us, only one of us, could end up going to the play because one of us had to stay behind uh, to watch the kids, and yeah. the kids were wanted their mommy and so i ended up going by myself because we, we it was too late to sell the tickets and they were so ridiculously expensive and yeah so we 
we, I went by myself. My wife is still mad at me. She, she wanted me <laughs> to go, but then she was mad that I went. Cause I, you know, I sort of lied to her. I was like, yeah, it wasn't that funny, but it was pretty brilliant. I laughed my ass off. I thought it was great. <laughs> Are you a fan of South Park? I'm not a huge fan. I mean, I watch uh-huh. it occasionally. I was always a Simpsons person, oh, but oh, you know, interesting. I, yeah, I, I, I like South Park when I watch it, but it's not something like I, I, like get a hankering to watch it just i yeah. don't know for whatever reason it's like a, i saw the movie and i've seen several episodes but it's not mm-hmm. something i'm obsessed with or anything i, I get um, what you mean to be honest like i i i think i like south park more than that but i'm also a simpsons guy like i have um i have a homer simpson tattoo on my arm so i think you and i are quite similar ah. in that regard yeah <laughs> That's funny. I, yeah. uh, yeah, I, for me, like the Simpsons just has more heart and South Park yeah. is just so, it's so vicious that you kind of have to be in the mood for that kind of like humor. It's, it's just, yeah. it's so unrelentingly brutal on everyone. Um, and it's so bleak and it's just, you know, and sometimes I, I'm in the mood for that, but sometimes it's just too much. I completely get what you mean. And I, I feel the exact same way. Like, I think you're right. The, the, the heart of the first the heart that the first 10 seasons of the Simpsons has is like, there's nothing like it. I think in animation, at least like there's a, there's a few things that have come close in, in my opinion, obviously, but, um, I have been watching the Simpsons. Like I'm 20, how old am I? 28. I think I've been watching Simpsons since I was about eight or nine years old. And I still watch it almost every day. Like it never goes away for me. It never stops being something that I can watch over and over again. Yeah, my kids got into it recently. I, I was the same way. I, I was obsessed with it all through high school. I'm, I'm older. I'm 42. So I, I was around and remember when it first came on uh, TV, like in the early 90s. And, uh, and I didn't really like it when it first came out and I didn't watch it. But then when I got into high school, I started realizing how smart and funny it was and subversive. Yeah. And I started becoming obsessed with it. And I watched every episode. My mom and I used to watch it. Like my mom loved it because she's she's a great sense of humor. And we used to watch it uh, when I was in high school. Um, and uh, it was like our thing that we did together for years. It was mm-hmm. like the way we did. And uh, and then my wife and I watched it like for several years when we were first in a relationship. But then it started. It's the quality of it started to wane, in my opinion. And yeah. you know that you get. To- point where you just run they run out of ideas and it's the same thing over and over it's just uh it just feels like they're recycling old jokes and i mean you can't have a show for 30 years and do that many episodes and not you know have it get stale so um but so i stopped watching it at a certain point but i I still go back and i watch the like first like season three through five are like my favorite seasons um and they have some of the bed back when conan o'brien was writing for it it was so brilliant the best episodes ever yeah, yeah I, agree, I love it agree. i was gonna say if if you did stop watching do you, do you have like a cutoff point of seasons where you feel like the, the it wasn't for you anymore or is it just a not something you particularly remember in the late 90s is when i think it really started to turn and okay. and become not a, and that's kind of when i stopped i didn't stop watching it but i would watch reruns i, I just wouldn't yeah. watch the new ones yeah they weren't as good i am um, I think probably because of the age, uh, the, the age difference, the fact that I was born in 91, like I stuck with it a bit longer, but I do know what you mean. And like, because I'm such an obsessive fan of the Simpsons, I've spent a lot of time sort of like not analyzing it myself, but watching a lot of like videos or like, uh, I listen to a couple Simpsons podcasts and stuff where they sort of break down 
why the changes happen and a lot of the time i think one of the biggest things was the change in writing staff like i think something like two-thirds of their writing staff start to change between like season seven and nine or something and that's usually considered the point where it stops being the greatest animated show of all time and becomes something different but because like i said i was born in 91 like i didn't start regularly watching it until probably 2000 and then i actually kept watching it I think 2007 was the first time that I was able to stream it online. So I was like keeping up with it because I know it in the US, the seasons air like a lot of shows from September to May. Right. But in the UK, yeah. it's like some back in those days, there could have been a delay of two or three years before we would get new episodes. I think they started to put on new ones, but they'd still be like almost a year out of date. And they, they would they wouldn't they would sort of stop. And sometimes it wouldn't be an order and stuff. It was just sort of a, like new Simpsons, but no consistency or like pattern to it but it was around that time when i was able to watch those newer episodes because it was only it was only on sky which was our like basically our cable service in the uk and um yeah those episodes that i first watched which was probably like seasons 13 14 15 i still have like i hold them quite uh not i wouldn't say high regard but they're quite close to my heart because those were the, those were the first time that was the first time in my life that i was watching new simpsons and it was really exciting um yeah. But yeah, when it when it got to like two thousand seven, which I guess was like season eighteen or something, I started streaming it online, and it wasn't until two thousand fifteen uh, that I finally realized that I was in denial and I didn't like the show anymore, like the new episodes, like you say, and I had yeah. to stop. So every now since then, I mean that was five years ago now, so I have dipped in like occasionally to watch a new episode, and I don't know, I don't, I, I definitely don't want to say like it's bad and no one should watch it, but it's like it's very different to the what it used to be um and i think a lot of that is down to the change in writing staff but a lot of it is also because time has changed you know the world is different um to what it was 30 years ago entertainment is different and comedy is different but anyway that was a that was a fun tangent to go off on i really love talking about the simpsons as well so <laughs> yeah it's it's like what do you expect i mean it's like 30 years of a tv show it's just how do you not you know and then they never yeah. age and they yeah, so you have to constantly keep up with the current times, and then you know it's it's like I don't fault them for becoming worse in quality, but it's like, yeah. cause what are you going to do? That would be a tough job. I would imagine anytime you're sitting in the room writing nowadays, you have to go, oh, you have to have like an encyclopedic knowledge. I'm sure they have staff that are there telling them, no, you can't do that. We did that in episode whatever. Yeah, you know, because there's just so it's like, how do you come up with new stuff? It's crazy. I guess I just don't. Yeah, I guess they a lot of the staff, I suppose, working on it have grown up on it, so they might have that. They might be the encyclopedias that they're looking for. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I get what you mean. Like I remember, it, it, I can't remember what year it was. It must have been about ten years ago. But there was an episode where Lisa became Krusty's um, assistant, and I was like, "This is just uh, like I forgot the name of the episode now." But the, the episode where Bart becomes Krusty's assistant and he becomes the "I didn't do it" right. kid. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So they do, Hello. they do repeat themselves in that in that way. But you're 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 totally right. Like it must be such a nightmare to sit at a table and think like, well, we've got like almost seven hundred episodes of content, and we can't really, you know, we got to do something that's slightly different. How where do you start? So maybe it's harder to write like that than anything because you you just got the pressure of all those episodes uh, on your back, I suppose. Yeah, you have such you have paralysis about like what you could possibly do that hasn't been done. Yeah. So I don't I don't envy that job. No, absolutely not. 
Um, I'll just, I just want to tell you what my tattoo is as well while, while, while we're here. Like I said, it's a tattoo of Homer, but do you remember the, um, uh, the episode, I think it's called Selma's Choice, where, um, where she gets Jub-Jub, the, uh, the iguana? It's, uh... Yeah, of course. Yeah, the one where they, they, they go to, um, Dove Gardens. And, uh, Homer wants oh, to yeah. go, yeah, Homer wants to go with them, but he, um, he eats this horrible moldy sandwich, uh, that's in the trash, and he keeps getting sick. And there's one scene where he's lying in bed with the sandwich and Marge oh he says Marge I'd like to be alone with the sandwich for a moment and she goes are you going to eat it and he just pauses and says yes and I've got a pic I've got a my tattoo is him lying in bed with that horrible moldy sandwich like in his hands oh that's hilarious when he's like a couple feet naked fitted in the fridge (laughs) that was a great impression by the way (laughs) yeah I've learned how to do most of the voices over the years with my obsession Who who do you do best? Do you think? Probably Homer. Yeah, that was pretty damn good. Yeah. I, that that freaked me out for a second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm always like, yeah, if, if if Dan Castellaneta ever wants to retire, I'll take over if he ever dies in an unfortunate <laughs> accident. God forbid. Yeah, if, if um if Dan is listening to this, if if you feel like you need to retire, we've got we've got someone to take uh take up the mantle. <laughs> yeah, just give me a call. I'm available so, right now. Cool. No, that, 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 that's that, that's one of those like things that I pull out every now and again. I don't like talk about it, but it's yeah. it's because there's really no use for it whatsoever. <laughs> and it, but it's just something that I always did because I just I, I do impressions of people sometimes, and, and mm-hmm. it's it's you know it's just kind of fun. But uh, I I forget that like there were years in college and high school where I would just sit there and like learn their voices. And it was just so funny. It was like so much time wasted on trying to do their voices, but some people still get a kick out of it when I dust it off. Do you think, um, that sort of, uh, stuff comes rooted from your interest in like, uh, comedy, like SNL and stuff like that? Yeah, I think so. I mean, yeah. I always, you know, impressions are always very, you know, impressive because, uh, you know, especially when someone really nails somebody. I always loved, I love Dana Carvey I, because he did so many impressions. I loved, you know, uh, he was my favorite for a while. That that dates me, but that's when I was in high school. <laughs> that's Dana Carvey and Mike Myers were on it, and he did so many great impressions. And uh, yeah, so I always I always gravitated towards those comedians that could do that because it's just like a cool party trick if you can do an impression of someone or, you know, yeah. it gets people's attention. And if you're in an audition and, you know, some something comes up or you suddenly can just like punch it out, it's it's it, it surprises people and it and it makes them laugh, which is always fun. Yeah, I mean, I guess it makes like you're saying earlier, you don't really uh, tell people about it but i guess it makes sense to to do it without telling them because then if you if you tell them you can do it then you've already got pressure on your shoulders but if you just bust it out then they're gonna be yeah taken you, guard. yeah <laughs> yeah you can't you can't do that with impressions you can't like when people try to build it up if i do this impression or that impression then they like mm-hmm. have an expectation and that's murder <laughs> yeah you don't you know you don't set yourself up like that <laughs> exactly Cool. So, um, coming back to the questions, uh, the next question is pretty obvious. One, uh, how, how did you come to be cast on Lost? Like, what was the process and the audition uh, stuff, that that sort of thing? Oh my God. Well, it was a long time ago, but uh, <laughs> I I went in. Oh, geez, this was what in two thousand four. Mm-hmm. Um, so you were you were probably like five years old or something. But I don't know. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I wasn't ten. that young, but I still was. I think. I, with, if it was before August, yeah. I, I was like 12 years old or something like that. So ba- basically, it's essentially the same age as that. 
So I, I had moved to LA in like the fall of 2002 <laughs> and, uh, to, and then I, I booked a guest star on this show called birds of prey. Funny. There's a movie out called birds of prey now. Oh yeah. So um, I haven't, I haven't seen that show, but I've been meaning to watch it for years because I knew about it and I was interested in the, like I, I was a bit of Batman fan. So, uh, I didn't realize you were on that show. I was on that show. And funny enough, the guy who directed my episode, he was just doing it as a favor because he was starting to blow up in his own right, was mm-hmm. Sean Levy, who I'm sure you know from Stranger Things. He's he's like the big exec producer on Stranger Things. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and he, he directs most of those episodes. And, you know, he's done a ton of films. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so Sean Levy directed that. Uh, that episode and I played some, I can't remember what my character's name was, but I played a villain and that was the first thing I ever did. So I did that. I I booked that like after I'd been in town for like a month or I think I booked it in October. So I booked it in like a month Mm -hmm. and you know, of course I, I was my first job. I didn't know anything about Hollywood. I didn't know anything. I didn't have any connections down here and I had no experience in the business. I'd only ever done theater. And of course I booked this guest star and I was like, Oh my God, I've made it, you know? (laughs) <laughs> and I do this guest and, uh, and then it airs and then I, you know, didn't work for like six months. And then I was like, Oh, I guess I didn't make it. And then I booked another small, uh, guest star on this show called crossing Jordan. Mm-hmm. Um, and funny enough, the guy that was the, one of the, there was the writer of the episode I was on was a guy named Damon Lindelof. <laughs> and, he he and I hit it off. We were both into this show called Mr. Show. And uh, I don't is know if you've um, ever seen it. Yeah, it's a, is it Dave, David Cross and Bob Odenkirk? Yeah, exactly. So that, I, haven't, I, was, I haven't seen it, but yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with it. I was a, that was another show that I was obsessed with. Um, and, uh, you know, we I remember we were talking about that show a lot because we, we, we were both big fans of it. And we were, mm-hmm. you know, quoting all these different sketches and all that stuff. So then like, I don't know, like a, maybe a year, over a year later, I, I didn't work after that for almost a year. And, uh, cause that's just how it is in this business. You know, it's yeah. like you know, a lot of times it's feast or famine, the people that work all the time, it's, it's very rare. Um, but you know, I went, I got this audition for this show lost and I, I, I went in and I, you know, I got the, I got the part you know, you get the breakdown, it tells you about the character and then, you know, it's, 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 uh, to play Dominic Monaghan's brother. And I mm. didn't know him by name, but I knew that he was in Lord of the Rings. And so yeah. I like looked him up and I w- looked up interviews of him because I knew I had to basically match his accent as best I could. And, um, so I, I was excited about it cause it was a really cool part. And it's rare mm. that you get to audition for things that are really cool. Like a lot of the stuff you get, you're just sort of like, Oh God, I guess I have to go to this audition. <laughs> just not, not inspiring. And occasionally yeah. you rarely a couple times a year, maybe sometimes three or four, if you're lucky times a year, you get to audition for something that's like really great, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, you know, and you know it immediately when you get it, you're like, Oh, this is great. And you get really, and I, I got really excited about it. I worked on it a lot. And I, worked on my accent and, you know, uh, did my, my best version of a Mancunian accent, which is almost impossible to do when you're not from Manchester, but absolutely, um, I, I wouldn't be able to do one. And I'm from the UK. Like, so <laughs> you had your work cut out for you. I ended up just doing basically like a British accent, like just sort of a, like London accent, you know, yeah. um, and not in the show. I tried to match him in the show, but I don't think I did very well, but, um, <laughs> because it, it, it's just really hard it's a tough i'm good at accents but that that is a really tough accent 
Um, uh, yeah, I, I, to be honest, I don't think I ever noticed it not being it not making sense if that if if that makes sense. Like I never picked it out as not being the right accent. So I reckon, yeah, you did a really good job. <laughs> oh, that's good. I think I did enough to fool most people. So that that's all that matters. Absolutely. Um, so so it, what was funny about the audition was I went in and uh, I told this story so many times, but I'll tell it to you like it's the first time. So <laughs> I I got the part and uh, and it said on the breakdown it said. Um, only British and Irish actors, mm. you know, they only wanted authentic British and Irish actors. And so I made the decision that I was going to go in as a Brit. Like I was, I was just going to go into the room with the casting director, April Webster, and just pretend I was British because she didn't know me. And yeah. she, so I just went in and I did it and I committed to it. And I, you know, I would talk to them as a Brit and I would, you know, just, we would just shoot the shit. And it was just really like, scary but also thrilling because i it was like i was undercover or something it was yeah, really weird. exhilarating yeah but it was exhilarating <laughs> but my heart was pounding and i was just like oh my god if they find out they're gonna think i'm such a <laughs> you know? and so i i go i went and read for her and then i got a call back and i was so excited and so i went to the call back and it was all british and irish actors like mm. in the waiting room and, you know, because I could hear them talking to each other and stuff. And I, I, I may have been the only American one there, but maybe I wasn't. I don't know. I like to think I was. And, you know, I went in and I did it. And um, one of the producers in the room was British. Uh, well, I can't remember his name, but he was one of the producers at the time. They, they changed the writing staff after the first season. But yeah. yeah. Um, and he asked me where I was from and I had come up with like a whole backstory and it, it was seriously like I was undercover. And so I sat there and I just bullshitted with him and talked to him about where I was from. And I talked about being a Brit in LA and all this stuff. And, and, you know, it, it was just crazy. You know, at any second I thought he was going to be like, you know, I know you're not British or something, but he never did. <laughs> And then I went home and I felt like I nailed it. Like I did as well as I could have done. And, uh, and then I didn't hear anything for, you know, probably a, like four or five days. And I read for another show called charmed in the meantime. Mm -hmm. And I remember I was working as a personal trainer at 24 hour fitness back then. And I was driving home from work. It was like late Friday night. And I got the call from my agent that I booked both of the parts. Wow. And I was that like, must, that must've okay. been really exciting. It was, it was, but this happens a lot. It's happened to me a lot since then too, where you, you don't work for like six months or a year sometimes. And then you book like two or three jobs that, that conflict with each other. So you can't take both of them, you know, oh. and you have to choose one or the other. And sometimes you don't even get to choose because you've already committed to one. And then you find out later you book the other one too. Yeah. And you have to commit to the one that you don't want. Um, that's happened to me a few times and it sucks. Cause you're just like, really? And all the time I wasn't working, yeah. I couldn't have, this couldn't have happened, but it, it's just, that's just Murphy's law in this business, um, is in full effect at all times. And, uh, so I got both parts and I couldn't do try my, my agent was like, you're going to do lost. Right. You know, cause there was a lot of buzz about it. Mm -hmm. There were, there were, I guess this was episode seven or something. So they'd been shooting it yeah. for a while, but there were billboards all over LA about Lost. How and it was like, at this point? no, it didn't air until no. I think November. Right, so okay. this was late, this was in um, late August, early September that I shot okay. it in, of 2004. And uh, I just was, I was just totally freaked out. I couldn't believe I got it because I knew it was something special. You know what yeah. I mean? 
Um, it didn't say it was a recurring role. It just said that, but I knew it was like one of the main characters brothers and it was a really flashy role and it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of scenes and I got to do an accent and I got to, I thought I was going to get to sing, but they, they made us lip sync, which kind of sucked. I was going to um, ask you actually, that was one of my questions was, is that actually you singing? Cause it does sound like your no, voice. So I wasn't sure if they'd gotten you to no, do it. It sounds nothing like my voice. And it was, uh, I was bombed because I'm a singer and I could totally yeah. have sung and I saw the audition, you know? They, they had the lyrics for you all, everybody in the sides. And I just made up a tune and cause I was a big Oasis fan yeah. and I knew that I knew these characters were based on Oasis, mm -hmm. you know, loosely. Yeah. And, um, especially cause my name was Liam, Liam of and, course, yeah. um, and so I just, I watched a lot of Oasis videos and I, I watched their interviews cause they're from Manchester and, and, uh, you know, um, I sort of, I tried to do like Liam's swagger and like his, uh, you know, like the way he sings with his hands behind his back and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But I didn't get to sing. We got to the set and I was like ready to sing it. And, uh, they had just a playback and I just had to lip sync to it because it's just easier and faster to shoot. Um, and I thought maybe I was going to get to do it in ADR, but I never got a chance to do it, but oh, whatever. Man. It's kind of kind of funny story so so yeah i i got the part and i got to go to hawaii that was the other cool thing about it that was the first time i'd ever traveled to go shoot something and and it was only my what my third part ever yeah. and uh and yeah and it was it turned out to be a really cool one and i got to come back a few times and do several episodes and um got to go to hawaii and got to uh you know just play this fun character and this you know cool storyline yeah, for sure. Um, it's it's funny we were talking about uh, you all, everybody. Um, I I only just noticed recently how short a song that is. Yeah, they had more lyrics in the script at the time, or at least in the sides that I read for the audition. Um, it, and and uh, they were ridiculous nonsense lyrics and. Uh, <laughs> And I, so I made up like a whole song, you know, like, and I, I sort of did it to the tune of some Oasis song. I can't even remember which one. Mm -hmm. Um, but the chords of you all, everybody, if you know anything about Oasis are, are the core, same exact chord progression of rock and roll star. Oh, interesting. Um, I, d I didn't know that. No. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like when I play it on my guitar, sometimes I, I, I was, I thought it was funny. Like I, I figured that out cause I started learning these Oasis songs and I was like, Oh wait, they just totally stole this song. <laughs> um, they put a different melody on it and everything, but the, the chord progression is the same. Um, so I guess you can't like copyright a chord progression, but you yeah. know, you well, can, no. There are so many songs that have the same chord progression. Like there's a, I can't remember what the name of the video is now, but there's a video I found on YouTube like 10 years ago that basically cycles through something like, I want to say like 20 like really famous like hit songs that all have the exact same yeah. chord progression. I'm not like I'm a musician, but I have like, re I'm really bad at my music theory. Like I've been playing guitar for like 15 years, and I know nothing, almost nothing about music theory. But I know that there's a there's a it's all to do with the um. Uh, sort of the the relationship between chords and it's that same relationship throughout all of these all of these songs and it's you're right you can't you can't uh copyright a chord progression because if, if you if you could there would be a lot fewer songs in the world yeah exactly yeah so uh that was something i only discovered recently when i started playing guitar a few years ago mm -hmm. but uh yeah, so it was funny. Oh, and the, the, another funny thing to backtrack is when I got the part, the um, the uh, casting office called over to my agent and they said, "Does he have his? Does he have his visa to work in the U.S.?" And my <laughs> agent, 
started laughing and they said, well, he's American. And they're like, what? And they're like, yeah, he's American. And then it was so funny because then the director called my agent and said, Jack Bender, I guess, called the, my agent uh-huh. and said, well, we're concerned about his accent, <laughs> which was so funny to me because they, you, you they fooled them. They didn't know. <laughs> yeah, but that to me was proof that if I had to come in as an American and then put the accent on, I never would have gotten the part yeah. because when you, when you come into a room as the character, then, you know, you don't get, you take away as many possibilities for them to say no mm. as you can. And that so, would have been one way that they could have had a second, you know, guess and said, well, we yeah. better hire a real mank or a real Brit or whatever. So, yeah, yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. I guess it's like, um, Oh, I forgot what I was going to say. Uh, yeah, no, I completely, I completely. It's just a testament to to how well your accent played. I suppose that you you fooled them, you fooled everyone. <laughs> yeah, I fooled enough people. That's all that mattered. <laughs> so, uh, going back to what you're saying about Hawaii, like, how how was it to work in Hawaii? Did, uh, was it like significantly different from working in LA in terms of like um, attitude? Oh, like, yeah. I said this. Yeah, when I spoke to Andrea, I said. Um, obviously I, I've been to Oahu a couple of times, mainly because of Lost. I'm that big of a fan, embarrassingly enough, but, um, and I, th- I know there's a very, um, I don't know what you'd say, like a laid back, uh, chilled out vibe. Uh, it, and I wondered if that sort of transferred over to the, the professional, uh, side of, 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 of working there as well. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, Lost is like a really big production you know it was like mm-hmm. uh the, it, was, it was huge i mean just the scope of it it's it's the only other show i've worked on that was that big was this show that i most recently did called star girl um that's going to mm-hmm. be on the cw in april and uh you know it, it was just a huge production but it was it, it was outside of la and so everybody lived there in in hawaii and you know it sort of changed over the seasons because uh, I came back for second, third, and I think fifth. Was it five seasons or six seasons? I can't remember. Um, I'm trying to think now. You're in season one, two, three, and... Six? And then I came back for season six, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I remember yeah, I was in, see, You're in the finale, I right? did like, the, I did, like, cameos. My part got smaller yeah. and smaller. Show. <laughs> yeah, that's the, disappointing. Like, uh, it, it was only the other day I was on the, uh, I don't know if you know Lostpedia, but it's like the Lost Wiki. And uh, I was just going through um, your character's page and it said like episode count was like five or something or seven. And I was like, surely it can't be that little. But then I guess because uh, Charlie dies halfway through the show, you didn't yeah. appear after that because Charlie was gone. So it, it makes sense. I just yeah. couldn't believe you're only in it that little, you know? Well, when he died, I was like, well, that's it for me. But then <laughs> when I, when they, when they had me come back, but then, but then when they had me come back, I was like, oh yeah, I guess they could do whatever they want. It's lost, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, uh, but I didn't have much to do at all in the, in the final season. My, you know, the most I had to do really was in the pot, was in the, uh, the first episode, but yeah, working in Hawaii was, was fun. It was, uh, like it was weird. Cause I was the first episode was before the show had aired. And okay. so everybody sort of had this buzz of like, that it was going to be a really big hit. But no one knew because you never know. Like they spend millions of dollars on TV shows that are sure going to be like surefire hits and then they flop and they cancel them after one episode. So you just had no idea. But it was weird to come back in the latter seasons because the show had become so huge and the vibe definitely changed. You know what I mean? Was Um, it like like you you were doing something special sort of thing, like a, a special kind of job? Is that the sort of vibe you mean? 
Yeah, but also like, you know, I think the, the cast changed, you know, a lot more people came onto the cast and yeah, yeah. it was just it, it, different and it was probably not as laid back as it had been originally oh, because now yeah. there's there was so much expectation and there was, and you know, these people were now like all these people were famous that, that were not before. And, and so it, it, it definitely, uh, it definitely changed. Um, mm. but, uh, you know, I always enjoyed working on it and I was always grateful to, to do it. And, uh, it was, I know I had a good time doing it. Well, I was going to also ask, what was the, um, was it an odd sensation because you worked almost exclusively, I think, with Dominic in your scenes for the first three seasons to come back in the last season and, and be in a scene with other characters and actors that had been in the show, but you obviously hadn't shared scenes. Was, was that an odd experience or did you, did you yeah. know them? Like what was the, what was the vibe of that? I didn't really know them. I met, I met a bunch of the people. Well, I met a few of the people when I was shooting episode seven, mm-hmm. um, in the first season, but, uh, I just met them off set, you know, whatever. But yeah, the, the, you know, the, if you've been there, my stuff was almost entirely shot in Oahu in the South part of the Island. And then, you know, all the stuff on the Island was shot up in police beach, uh, on, um, the North shore. So it was, it was, there was definitely like a separation Mm -hmm. and, you know, the actors stay in the hotel in, in Honolulu, but then, you know, like all the actors that are regulars live elsewhere on the Island. So you didn't really have a lot of interaction, Yeah, but, um, it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, um, I was also going to ask, um, did, did you follow the show outside of the episodes? Were you like a fan or was it just sort of like, well, in the most possible way, was it your, was it just a job, you know? <laughs> embarrassingly, like I, I, I stopped watching it after the second season. <laughs> um, I, I have literally not seen, and I'm not like trying to be cool or anything. It just, it, yeah. I just, for whatever reason, I never got around to finishing it. Um, I, it, it was, uh, you know, I was happy to be on it and stuff, but I wasn't like a big, I wouldn't say I was a big fan. No. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. I didn't have anything against the show. It just, you know, yeah, there's no. so, everyone has so that taste. Like stuff to watch and it's like, yeah. you know, and I always, I'm sure there's, I have all the DVDs here at my house, mm-hmm. but you know, uh, one of these days I'm going to watch them all. I just, <laughs> I just haven't. And it's so funny cause I've been to like, you know, conventions and stuff like that, where they ask you questions. And I'm always nervous. Cause I'm like, I don't want to admit that I didn't watch the show. They're going to be like that, that episode of the Simpsons where um, the nerds ask Homer, like in, in episode X, Y, whatever, so um, you know, how, how itchy played Scratchy's rib, like a xylophone. And they produced the same two tones. How is this possible? And he's just like, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. That was so funny. No, uh, well, I always joke that like if I ever get stuck with a question like that where people ask what that means, I I can always just be like, well, what do you think it means, and just turn it <laughs> because it's 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 one of those shows. Or I can just say, yeah, I'm not allowed to say they they the writers talked to us and they told us all the secrets, but I'm not allowed to talk. You're about You're not allowed it. to show them though. That makes sense. So I'm definitely not someone that like assumes that every person who was involved in the show was like the biggest fan because that's completely unrealistic. But. Yeah, so I, I get what you mean. Um, no, what I've, been on, I've been on so many shows, like yeah. so many. I've, I've watched so, so few of them. Like one of these days, I hope I'm going to get to be on a show that, like so many shows that I'm on, I just, they're not shows that I watch. They're not shows yeah. that I like or whatever. But one of these days, uh, I'll get, I'm going to be on a show that, <laughs> that <laughs> I really re- love. 
yeah, a show yeah. that I would watch if I wasn't on it. You know yeah, I mean? for sure. I mean, it it, may, it makes sense. Like you know, you can you can work at McDonald's or something, and you, you, you McDonald's doesn't have to be your favorite meal. You know, you can enjoy it once once every now and again, but you don't want to eat it forever. It's a similar sort of thing. Like you still have a good yeah. time there, but it doesn't mean you you know you're in love with the brand or whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, how, what, what was it like to obviously because you worked pretty much exclusively with Dominic? Uh, what what was the the vibe between you guys on set? We had we had a lot of fun. He's a really funny guy, and and we 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 had this very similar sense of humor. He was a big Simpsons fan. He was a big Spinal Tap fan. He was we uh-huh. we loved a lot of the same comedy. And and uh, at one point we were going to do something together, but it sort of fizzled out. Um, but, you know, like make a make a movie together or something like that. But we had a really good repartee. Like we laughed a lot, a lot, uh, like just cracking up, you know, just silly, silly shit. He, he he's a funny dude. So, that, I mean, that sort of plays into like a, the, the role that you guys had, the, the parts that you guys had in the show. I suppose like you were brothers. If you're laughing a lot, like that's a that's a perfect uh, sort of relationship to have with someone brotherly one. Yeah, except that except that most of the stuff we did was very serious. So like we <laughs> That's true. <laughs> we really get to we didn't really get to bring that onto the screen outside of the first episode that the, like the first scene in the first episode. Yeah, yeah. But um yeah. It was I, I, uh I, but we always, but it was fun. It was, I always I always looked forward to to working with him because it was it was fun. Yeah, that makes sense. Have you have you seen he he did a movie a couple of years ago that I checked out um the other day uh, called Pet. I'm not sure if you've heard of it. No, I haven't. Yeah, he he plays a a right creep in that movie. But my my friend and co-host uh, Kai, he's a he's a really big film guy, and he'll recommend me stuff all the time. And when we first started watching, like when we first started doing the podcast together, he recommended me Pet. Uh, if you could, if you do get a chance to check it out, he's really really good in that, and it's like uh, he's like a lead role in that as well. So yeah, definitely worth a watch. Um, I saw him. I was took my kids to see Star Wars, and I noticed he was in the. He was he had a small part in Star Wars. Of course, I forgot. I I I can't believe I've just said I forgot that because I'm literally staring at a Rise of Skywalker poster in my room right now. Yeah, I was like, wait, is that Dom? It's crazy. <laughs> oh, so you didn't know going in that he was in it? No, I had no idea, and then all of a sudden wow. I saw him, and I was like, oh, that makes sense because of J.J. Abrams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a story about um about his casting. I think he he said that like J.J. they had a bet on that a certain football team would like win or lose a game I'm, I'm not a football like this is soccer for for americans and i'm not like yeah, a yeah. soccer a soccer guy but um there's just yeah like the story about how this team like jj wanted this team to win and don wanted the this other team to win and if this team won then uh, jj would give uh dom a part in the film and apparently like that's the way it worked out obviously and he just texted him saying like i won i guess i'm getting this role in the movie now oh that's so funny yeah, it's a shame he didn't have a bigger role, but like when I heard that he was cast, I sort of assumed they would would be one of those sort of like background guys. Well, not background guys, but those guys that have like one or two lines because there's a lot, especially in like uh, in Force Awakens. That you know, obviously the last film that JJ did, um, it's the same thing with um, uh, Greg Grunberg, who's the actor who played, who's in every JJ project, and he played the pilot of Oceanic Eight Fifteen in Lost, and now he's in like I think he was in Heroes. I've not really watched Heroes probably, but he's in that. And he had like a couple lines in that movie, and that's why I assumed it would happen with Dom as well, and that's exactly what happened. But yeah, it was nice to see yeah. him in that movie. Yeah, well, and he's going to be getting residuals for the rest of his life. Yeah, absolutely. Star Wars is is big, is big time. 
So obviously, like, not only did you play a musician in the show, but you, like you said, you're a singer and you mentioned you play guitar. Like, what musical artists uh, are your favourites or your inspirations? I know you obviously mentioned Oasis. I'm so just wondering if there's any more. Oh, man. I mean, I'm a big Beatles fan um, and uh, I love the Rolling Stones. I like a lot of Britpop from, you know, the 60s, 70s. I love Cream. I love the Kinks. Um, and uh, I, I don't know. I love the Shins. I love uh, I like Wilco a lot. Um, I like uh, Eagles of Death Metal. You know, I don't know. I have a pretty very, very taste. I like all different kinds of music, but yeah. For sure. um, I always go back to the Beatles, especially trying to get my kids into that. My kids love the Beatles, and uh, oh, that's that's amazing. They're they're um next to the Simpsons, like the Beatles are another big uh, obsession with mine. So, yeah, with a lot of people, yeah, um, yeah. So I love I I I go through phases, you know. But I'm also a big Rolling Stones fan. I remember Dom was a big Beatles fan, and and I was he was telling me why they were better than the Rolling Stones, and at the time I was. <laughs> I was more into the Stones back then than the Beatles. Yeah, but uh, I I go back and forth because um, uh, you know it's easier I think when you're a band that like only has like a ten year career and then you're done, as opposed yeah. to a band the Stones that's around for forty years or fifty years or whatever. Yeah, it's crazy but, that they're um, still going. Like um, I, I really yeah. guess that they haven't done any new music for about fifteen years, but like they don't need to because they're the, they're the Rolling Stones. Like why would you need to? I know it's it's really incredible. Um, uh, yeah, so that, that's the kind of music I think, uh, you know, that I don't know, whenever somebody asks me what I'm into, I can never remember anything. I'm like, what's a band? But yeah, <laughs> I'm always, amazed I was able to name a few of them right there. That's, it's always difficult being put on the spot. Like I, I'm the same, same way. Like I'll say like, you know, someone will say to me, well, what's your, you know, what would you like of this? And it's always a scramble to actually think about, Hey, what do I like? What are the things that I would, you know, what the answers I would give to this question? <laughs> Um, yeah, I was also really into, as I said, I was a big Oasis fan, and I mm -hmm. still kind of am. And uh, and I was also a big uh, uh, Blur fan as well. I like Damon Albarn and I love Blur. So I a lot of Brit. I like I like a lot of British rock bands. Do you um, are you a fan of Gorillaz by chance? Yeah, I was pretty into Gorillaz, not as much as yeah. Blur, but I like some yeah. of their stuff. I, I saw it the other way around. Like I was, I think because I, I grew up on Gorillaz. Like by the time Gorillaz came around, like Blur was pretty much done for that so i got into gorillas and i've been like you know a big gorillas fans since i was like well however i'll the i think the first album's almost 20 years old but i did start to get into blur a bit like mm, about five or ten years ago i never like fully i suppose it's like you would like you just said with gorillas never fully like got all the way there but, but yeah damon Albarn is like he's fantastic i saw good gorillas a few a few years ago and it was an incredible show really really incredible yeah, I'd like to see him one day in concert, but uh, it's—I've uh, I've never seen him. I, I was a big, big Blur fan when I was in college, when mm -hmm. Oasis, uh, like uh, you know, there was that whole there was a whole rivalry between Oasis and Blur that was kind of silly, but I was—I yeah. I, I really liked both bands a lot. It's like the Beatles and the Rolling Stones, right? There was sort of a rivalry or like a fan rivalry between those guys, and you you, you like both of them as well, so same. Yeah, <laughs> don't make me choose. It's funny, actually, when I saw Gorillaz, um, Noel Gallagher came on stage to play a song with him. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah, there's a, there's a song on the, uh, not the last album they put out, but the one before, it's like got a, like a, like a gang, a gang vocal on the chorus, like there's a lot of people singing on there, and the, they got um, uh, Noel to come and um, uh, feature on the album, 
And then when we saw him, he came out on stage as well. And I, I remember texting my parents because, like, I don't think my dad was ever really into Britpop properly, but he was like, you know, in his twenties, in his late twenties, through uh, the 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 nineties. So I text him saying, like, I've just seen Noel Gallagher and Damon Albarn on the same same stage performing a song together. <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. I didn't know they. I didn't know they actually ever performed together. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I guess they sort of like moved on from the rivalry because you know I guess they must be like in their fifties now, early fifties or something. So. Oh yeah, yeah. They're in their fifties, yeah, and doing very, doing still doing very well. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think a lot of that was just to pump record sales, which worked. Absolutely, um, yeah. Yeah, but it was, but but Oasis always seemed to be really like serious about it. They were so belligerent. Yeah, they definitely. Um, I don't know. Without insulting them, they they do seem like they have attitude. I suppose that might be a polite way of putting well, that it. Was, I mean, that was their whole thing. They were they yeah, were just yeah. unapologetic bad boys, you know, because they they filled a void, I guess, where rock had sort of started to become, you know, passe at that yeah. time, and they they wanted to be like, you know, a real rock and roll band again. And yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. You're, have you have you seen that documentary about them recently? The one that came out last year, I think. No, is it? Is it? No, I'm thinking of something else. Um, I so I've never actually really got into Oasis. Live, live so, like, sorry, go I think ahead. It's called, live, it's called Live Forever. I okay, think. I'll I'll make a note of it because I do I do enjoy watching documentaries. So, yeah, like I've never really gotten into Oasis, but no, like, no, Supersonic. It's called Supersonic. Supersonic. Okay, yeah, I'll make a note. I've got a friend who yeah, absolutely it's, it's adores really, Oasis. Really so. I, I really enjoyed it. Cool. Yeah, I'll make a note of that. I'll check that out. Cool. Thank you. Um, uh, so. So sort of backtrack what we were talking about earlier when when you were saying how uh, you sort of came back in the the last season and and everyone knew like you know how, where the show was and it wasn't a question of of uh, whether it was going to work or even uh, the, the the earlier vibes of it being special but like did you think it would have the I mean I know it's only been ten years since the finale but did you think it would have the staying power it's had like did you think you'd be doing interviews about it still did you think you'd be going to conventions and you know that they have like lost con in hawaii next year like there's all this stuff still going on like i went to a michael giacchino show last year where he played the score from lost did, do you have any idea that that would sort of happen i mean that's a pretty specific yeah, question mean, but <laughs> i i didn't i didn't necessarily think about it into the future but it's yeah. like when a show is that big i feel like it's it's you know if it's ever that big ever, it's going to be that big in 10 years. So I, yeah, I didn't yeah. think about it. I wonder what it's going to be like in 10 years, but uh, nothing would surprise me. What I'll tell you, the one thing that hasn't, has surprised me is that they haven't mm -hmm. tried to reboot it yet or like do a continuation of it or whatever. That surprises that, me that, too, to be honest. Because they're doing that with every show now, you know? Yeah. And it just seems like, I mean, it's just, or a spinoff at least. I don't know. It's probably smart because, like, you should just leave it as it is. But, um, yeah, it's funny because, like, I, I'm an absolute sucker for sequels of stuff that I love. Like, when the Star Wars sequels were announced, it was like, it was the, it was the most intense, emotional, maybe not the most emotional experience of my life. That's a bit, that's a bit extreme, but it was such a, just a pure excitement a time of pure excitement for me like knowing that there was going to be more star wars movies and it wasn't ever a question in my head that they would be good or not and i've loved the three that have come out since then the, the main well all of them to be honest but um hey what was i talking about sorry i've just completely lost my train of thought there oh we were talking about rebooting lost and i'm surprised they haven't we done 
Yeah, yeah. So, but Lost, like you said, like it's better to leave it alone. And I think with Lost, for for me personally, that's definitely like a big uh, thing. Like I, I, I do think they should never touch it again. Uh, but you know, like like you're saying, surprise, surprise that it's not happened already. It, I imagine it will happen at some point. And I think Damon and Carlton have said like they fully expect uh, ABC to do something with it at some point, especially because ABC is Disney, right? That's the parent company, and they, yeah, you know, they, yeah. If they've got a yeah. property that, that you know that people like, and I imagine people would still watch it. I don't know. Maybe maybe if it did happen, I would still like it. But like, I, I fully agree that it's a lot of the time it's a good it's a good idea to let things go. Yeah. Uh, well, Lindelof, I think, said he wasn't going to be involved in any reboot of it because he yeah. feels like it's complete the way it is. But and I understand that. I mean, he's doing other stuff like Watchmen and all that kind of stuff. But yeah. I, I it just it surprises me, given the fact that it's still such a hot property so many years later that they haven't sunk their claws into it and figured out a way to wring more money out of it yeah well i won't spoil the ending uh, of the show just in case you do get around to watching it someday but there is sort of I, like I, a, seen, no, I saw the finale you I, seen I the was, finale okay i went to, i was invited to a, a like a big screening party in downtown la at this big theater and we went and uh, i think andrea was there too oh, okay. um and Michael, Mike, Mike, who was the guy that played? Oh God, I, I'm I'm going to be so bad right now because I can't remember his name. Right uh, so now. I, I can help you out if you want. <laughs> um, what was his name? No, I can't remember. Let's move on. Because <laughs> <Okay. laughs> I can't remember his last name. Michael something. I, I don't know, but he was there. There was like there was a couple people there and and uh, from the cast, and it was cool. So I saw the I saw the finale. And I, I saw a few episodes here and there. Like, I saw yeah. the ones that I was um, But, you know, uh, I just... It, I always had in, the intention of catching up on it, and I, I just haven't done it yet. So if if you... I've just had a thought. Like, if you... Because you hadn't cook, uh, kept up with the show like that, um, did you have any idea what was going on in the final season? No, not really. <laughs> It's just occurred to me now that like that's like that was confusing for so many people to follow while they were watching it. I like, know I, I didn't imagine. have any idea. I it was <laughs> you know, but it was, you know, it's, what are you gonna do? Now a lot of people didn't have any idea what was going on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, sorry, yeah. move move back to your uh, talking about your career and stuff. Like, are there, are there any actors or maybe directors that would be on a bucket list for you to work uh, to work with? Well, sadly, uh, the. the the director that I most wanted to work with uh, died a few years ago, Robert Altman. He's one of my favorites. Um, and, uh, you know, I'd love – I'd, sure, there's a ton. I mean, there's a ton, ton, ton of directors I'd love to work with. I, w- I would love to be in a Christopher Guest movie one day, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I, I would love – I would love to work with Coppola. I don't know if he's making any more movies. I'd love to be in a Scorsese film. You know, all the ones that all the actors say. Just the, yeah, Those are yeah. the directors would get really <laughs> – excited about working with but um yeah but it's it's like people people die you know a lot of people i'm a huge mm-hmm. fan of like 70s cinema and a lot of those a lot of those directors and producers are getting very old now and i'm just like yeah. they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna be all dead in 10 years and uh, I, I hope i get to work with at least one of them but you know <laughs> you, never, you never know what's gonna happen yeah like i feel i i i sort of have this similar thing with um not with working with people, but it's seeing bands from like, like you say, from not necessarily the seventies and eighties and stuff, but I saw black Sabbath, uh, four years ago. Um, because I was like, if I don't see black Sabbath like now, well, in fact, 
I take that back. They were on their final tour anyway. So I was like, if I don't see them now, like I'm literally never going to see them because they're not going to be around anymore. And also, you know, if you've got an opportunity to see a band that has been around for almost 50 years, you should probably take it. And like I saw Paul McCartney, not last year, but the year before. And I was so lucky that um, Ringo Starr turned up to play. They played Get Back together. Yeah. Yeah, which was like it, that was like a I, huge... my friend. My friend got to see them at the Hollywood Bowl, and and I'm I'm so jealous. Yeah, like that's that's. It's funny because I went I went um, home for Christmas because it was it was just before Christmas, and um, I saw my grandma, and she was like, "Oh, how were the Beatles?" And I was like, "Well, half of them were okay, the other half aren't doing too good." Yeah, uh, I I was bummed because Paul Simon just did his last tour. I'm a big Simon and Garfunkel fan, and I uh, yeah, it's. Uh, it, it's sad to me that I missed them. I never got to see him. Um, I could have gotten tickets, but you know, it's, it's, uh, that, that's the crazy thing. Like David Bowie died and, and, yeah. uh, Prince died. And I, there's a lot of people that like, if you don't see him and the Rolling Stones, like I really want to see the Rolling Stones, but they'll probably be around for another 30 years. Yeah. They're just going to keep going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're going to be reanimated. They're going to continually, uh, they're going to figure out some way to sustain them. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be a weird day when when they when they actually start dropping. <laughs> I know, but it, it is sad, and I, I worry about that. Getting back to your question, with a lot of the directors that I want to work with, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, that are sort of dream people to work with because they're you know a lot of them are in their seventies and eighties, and it's like, oh, geez, I don't know, it may not it's, never happen. It's coming to that time where people who were like partying really hard in the seventies and eighties, like they're getting to seventy and eighty years old themselves, and they can't really go on for much longer. Like for someone like yeah. Keith Richards to be the age he is after all the like drugs he must have taken is really, really incredible. It's a miracle. I don't, I don't think anybody else could possibly do that. I don't know what, who his doctor is, but <laughs> I want, his, I want his doctor. Right. So this is my last question. Um, because of the, the well, in the spirit of the podcast, obviously we get we get uh, we get drunk and watch the show. Do you have a, a favorite drink, alcoholic or otherwise? Uh, I've always been a beer and cider guy. Actually, mm. nothing too fancy. Um, I like uh, I, I I don't know. I like cider. Uh, I like Strongbow cider. It's kind of a lame drink, but really, big... oh my god, that's the that's the stuff I used to drink when I was sixteen, and I made myself ill so many times that I can't smell it anymore because I will throw up. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I know. It's uh, but I love it. I don't know. It's so good. Um, I'm I'm not a big drinker, but uh, that that's what I that's what I like is just that's just beer and cider. Yeah, fair enough. Cool. Well, thank you very much, Neil. It's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you. Um, and yeah, I hope uh, I, I'm interested to check out Stargirl. I'll definitely be uh, keeping an eye out for that. Yeah, it comes out in April um, on the CW, and it's also going to be on the DC streaming service. So it's going to be pretty cool, and I get to play a supervillain. So I'm excited wow. about that. Awesome. I look forward to it. Thanks again, man. Yeah, thank you. Take care. Thanks. Bye.